Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. For any child, a parental breakup can be a very difficult and confusing time. But for some, there's the added issue of parental alienation, which apparently is a lot more common than you might think. But what exactly is it? Well, we have director and spokesperson of Alienated Children First, Ken Joyce, on the line to explain. Hi, Ken. How are you? Good morning, Joe. How are you getting on? Good. So what exactly is parental alienation? Well, it is defined by our Minister for Justice, um, Helen McEntee, as, quote-unquote, a situation when a child's resistance or hostility towards one parent is not justified and is the result of psychological manipulation by the other parent. Right. Tough stuff, then. It is, unfortunately. You know, uh, basically... uh, coercive control of children for uh, the hurtful aims of one of the parents. Um, and and can, course, can, can you just um, explain the difference between what you've just described and unfortunately the fact that couples hurt each other and can hurt each other in the context of the lead up to a breakup or a divorce and, and I don't necessarily mean physical, and I don't necessarily mean psychological to the point of coercive control, but just the way these things can be. And that can transmit itself to children if they're involved. Where's the line between that and what you're talking about? Specifically, it is that the children are weaponized and used uh, to injure one of the parties um, at the expense of the child. In what way? So it might be, for instance, um, the the father might say, oh, your mother's a terrible woman, you know, and she, she really doesn't love you. And, uh, you know, she says she's coming over to pick you up at 12 o'clock today. We'll see whether she turns up or not. And then he might ring the mother and say, look, if you want to see the kids, uh, they'll be here at 2 o'clock this afternoon if you want to pop over and pick them up. So at half past one, the kids are looking out the window for an hour and a half for their mum and dad says, I'm really sorry, but she obviously doesn't love you. Um, You know, she's just not a nice person, but come on, I'll take you to McDonald's. And off they go to McDonald's and at two o'clock the poor mother turns up looking to see the kids and um, there's nobody there. And in that way, then... Oh, that's some example. Well, the children start to hate the mother then because she's the one that didn't turn up and that hurts the mother because the mother loves the kids terribly and wants to see her kids and suddenly finds that the children don't want to talk to her anymore. And uh, So, so we know, way, for example, Ken, that, and we've chatted about this on the show quite a bit, indeed only in the last few days, that uh, coercive control legislation came in. Um, I presume it doesn't cover this specific issue. In fact, it does. We ah. have legal advice to suggest that it does. Um, but the problem with the legislation is that it, it, it is specific to um, the injury being caused by one spouse against the other spouse. It doesn't cover coercive control by a parent of a child. 
And that is where the loophole in the legislation exists. And that's why the guards say, well, we can't do anything because, you know, your husband or your wife is coercively controlling the child and the legislation covers us if they're coercively controlling their spouse. But the legal advice that we have is that that is not the case because by weaponizing the child and using the child to hurt you, the other parent is actually coercively controlling you. But it's a fine point of law that, you know, to try and explain that to the Garda in the local uh, uh, police station who's never heard of the 2019 legislation in the first place because it's fairly new and uh, and it's un- unquoted by people. The average guy in the street wouldn't know about it unless you're involved in family law proceedings and keeping absolutely up to date. You wouldn't know about these things. And that is why uh, Alienated Children First, uh, one of the very uh, many reasons that we decided it was absolutely necessary to have this education conference uh, next month, is right. to teach to teach the professionals about the fact that, you know, we have all the weapons we need to stop this horrendous uh, form of child abuse, and we just need to implement it. Okay, we're trying to Ken Joyce, Director and Spokesperson of Alienated Children First, what is the Minister for Justice saying then if you feel there is a loophole in the coercive control legislation when it comes to this specific issue about adopting it, adapting it, changing it, what? Well, the Minister for Justice has uh, gone to uh, great uh, 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 personal expense in terms of her time by organising uh, a cross-party uh, uh, committee to look into the whole area of family law and what it is that is wrong with the system because I think it's pretty generally accepted now that it ain't working and um, something has to be done. And one of the things that she has done specific to this particular uh, area of uh, parental alienation abuse is she has actually uh, put up uh, a tender application for um, companies and uh, qualified uh, academic experts all around the world to come and make an application to advise the Irish government on exactly what is parental alienation and what can be done to remedy it. And that will all form part of exactly what it is she then recommends in terms of how to reform the entire family law process. Right, because in terms of coercive control, when we chatted about this on the show, one of the things that was obviously raised was how would you prove it? And some of the experts we'd on at that stage said, no, it is possible to investigate this thoroughly. It is possible to bring it before the courts and it is possible for a successful prosecution to occur. And that has actually happened um, no, not in every instance, but it certainly um, happened and we're aware of that. But then you bring in the layer of a child and um, coercive control in that context. And it feels that even if the Garda in the station, as you say, is well aware of the legislation, they're probably thinking to themselves, this is really complicated. What a minefield to try and investigate and prove this alienated children. Um, situation. And it is. It's very, very difficult to prove. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's also 
an issue that we have in Ireland, a thing called the in-camera rule, which means that anything that occurs as part of a family law proceedings, you're not allowed to discuss it. Um, so that means that parents who are involved in this, uh, this horrible uh, situation, and there are something in the region of three over 300,000 people are involved one way or the other, not obviously as targeted children or targeted parents, but you know this affects grandparents, it affects aunties and uncles, cousins. It, it's really a, a, a most insidious form of abuse. But we can't get the empirical data because of this in-camera rule. And uh, and I think that's one of the issues uh, about which the government is, is, is quite aware and they are trying to work uh, with us and other parties. But ultimately, we do not need to have the testimony of children if this is to be prosecuted at some stage. No, you don't. Um, what you need is the testimony of uh, qualified professional psychologists, so forensic psychologists, who know exactly what to look for, um, and uh, by, by talking Craig, to who? By talking to the parents. By talking to the parents. Yeah. So you don't have to involve the children at all. No, no, you don't. Um, you can find out from uh, what one parent says and what the other parent says uh, what is going on quite clearly and identify as they've done it. And, and would this um, be the subject of a criminal prosecution? No, not as yet, unless it comes under the coercive control, unless it falls under coercive control. Then it's because I'm, I'm trying to. But I mean, obviously, the, the, the bar is much case. higher if you're dealing with a criminal case. Indeed, it is, and to my uh, so the psychologist sir, wouldn't that wouldn't be enough in a criminal case. It may well be enough in a family law custody type situation, absolutely, but not if you're talking about coercive control in the criminal sense as it is currently applied elsewhere. I'd suggest that if you had uh, data or an order from a, uh, a family law court uh, finding uh, that there was parental alienation going on uh, and there was some kind of release of the in-camera rule such that you could show that to a guard station and allege coercive control, you'd have a fairly strong case. I'll tell you now, you're, you're jumping over a lot of legal hurdles to get to that point, Ken. <laughs> yeah. You are seriously yeah. jumping look, over a lot of legal hurdles. End, at the end of the day, uh, the objective here is not to uh, create criminals. The objective here is to stop the abuse. Right. Okay, fascinating. Really interesting subject. Definitely one we're going to come back to. And thank you very much for talking to us about it. And uh, obviously a lot of work going on in that conference taking place as well, as you mentioned soon. Director and spokesperson of Alienated Children First, Ken Joyce. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.